0: Welcome to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. This is the place to learn how to get through your worst rock bottom and start to embrace adversity. I'm your host, Petra Belzebor. I'm a therapist and a life coach, but my biggest learning is from my own rock bottom. My story includes being raised in a cult, dealing with depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, and alcoholism. But along the way, I've learned to turn my entire life around to one of success, joy, and fulfillment. So in this podcast, I'll be talking to people from all walks of life who've done the same. I'll be teasing out the skills and tools necessary as well as using my own experience to teach you how to turn your adversity into your biggest advantage. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, everyone, to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. Today, I'm very excited on Skype all the way from Birmingham to have uh, Nelson Rodriguez with us on the line. He is a, a father, a psychotherapist, a mentor, and a founder of Fathers Nation. Welcome, Nelson, to the
1: podcast. Thank you, Petra. Uh, thank you for having me here and thank you for giving me this opportunity.
0: Oh, it's great to have you and I, I can't wait to hear your story. Um, fill in the blanks for us. Tell us a little bit about what you do. I mean, you're, you, what is Father's Nation? Uh, what are you passionate about in, in what you do at the moment?
1: So Father's Nation, uh, yes, it's basically a project dedicated to uh, helping individuals find their true identity, uh, which they never gain or has been lost uh, from their parents. Uh, mainly their fathers um, and um, that uh, started um, well uh, Well, my journey really part of my journey that I uh, looking for my own identity um, so um, and really so it really started from that point of um, you know realising that something is wrong uh, you know what's wrong and what's wrong with uh, what am I getting to this sort of situations am I feeling like this uh, you know and um, and really the journey has been, uh, very interesting and challenging.
0: So, so when you say something's wrong, um, do you feel like something was missing for you in, I'm, I'm assuming you, you didn't have your father around.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, basically my father was around uh, funny enough, but okay. uh, he wasn't an engaged, <laughs> right. But it wasn't an engaged father. Um, so, um, you know, um, not being engaged, meaning he was obviously engaged with his kids, you know, um, he's just there. And, um, and later on in life, uh, you know, uh, um, obviously, mum and dad were still together, Well, living in the same house, but they weren't together as such. So the house pretty much divided into two parts, you know, father living on one end, oh, <laughs> wow. and the other weird kids in the middle. <laughs> wow so okay so that's an old fashioned thing
0: well sort of um so let's we're, we're we're kind of jumping back anyway uh give us a little bit of context of i yeah. mean did you did you have siblings where did you grow up i mean did, it sounds like your dad wasn't the, the, a great role model, but do you feel like the the education mm-hmm. system or or other people sort of prepared you for for the real world
1: um well let's start with the uh well, let's start with the, uh, my father. Um, yes, yes, it wasn't the best role model uh, yeah. <laughs> because. Um, <laughs> and then later on, I understood this because he didn't have a role model himself. So the cycle went on. Um, and this is, uh, it took me a while to understand that and to forgive him, even after he's passed away um, back did in that, 2006.
0: To, to the, did that give you more empathy for him, like understanding the cycle that he was in?
1: Yes, um, that was really when my sort of understanding journey started, uh, to try and understand him. Why why am I feeling, you know, I had sort of anger issues towards him. I had, uh, you know, felt resentment towards him. Um, You know, don't want to go as far as hated him, but, you know, that sort of really strong sort of feelings that uh, you think, uh, you know, why? You know, I understand that he's done what he's done, but um, uh, yes, very hard. Um, Yeah, it sounds
0: like uh, you just really felt let down.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, for many, many sort of boys, should we say, um, we're talking girls as well, but mainly boys in terms because obviously they're, you know, one day you're going to become a father of a such, you know. Uh, So we're talking about boys. um, um, So, you know, it's we, we, you know, we tend to mimic what our fathers do and, uh, you know, portray that image of of whatever they do as a role model and uh if we don't have that then uh, I think we are, are a bit lost <laughs> i mean many of us are really yeah in search of our masculinity that sort of thing yeah Completely, and sort
0: of, what does that mean? And who am I meant to be? And even if you have mm-hmm. strong, strong women or, or mothers around you, I don't know what you, what your mother was like, but um, it can still feel like a gap, can't it? Like a, a mother can't fully replace the role model of a boy to his to his father or to a man.
1: Absolutely. Yeah absolutely my was a very strong woman so she raised uh, well seven plus one off brother so eight of us really oh, wow. four boys and four girls wow <laughs> <laughs> so small family
0: yeah small family. <laughs> where are you in the pecking order
1: i'm rather right the last with my twin sister i'm the last one you're the yeah, youngest the with your twin ones. sister yes absolutely yeah
0: wow and so your mom was a strong woman, so, so what did that look like? Uh, was, she at, was she a stay-at-home mom? Was she, what, were, there, were there sort of traditional gender divides?
1: Uh, well, basically, um, she was both, really. She was stay at home and she was working as well, funny enough. Uh, she was a very super woman. She still is. Uh, <laughs> obviously, he has gone from looking after the, her own sons and daughters to looking after her grand children and great-great-grandchildren, which is uh, still going lesser. Um, so, yeah, so growing up in a little bit of a dysfunctional family, should we say, in terms of obviously, um, you know, looking at my dad on one end, uh, doing his thing, um, working for his, you know, obviously, what um, it took the best of him. He, he liked to drink. So, um, you know, that sort of took, uh, took his life over really low, good. And uh, the other end, I had my mom sort of uh, looking after us and uh, struggling to, uh, you know, put food on the table and uh, give us an education and everything else.
0: <laughs> How did that show up, um, your dad sort of drinking? Was he out of the house a lot, or did it affect his moods or his behavior?
1: Yes, he was out of the house a lot. So he did his, you know, most of the time I thought he was, you know, working anyway, so I mean, I was still young, but... Um, um, yeah, absolutely. So, so we, um, I mean, I think it was hard because uh, it was kind of a, uh, one end, you know, and my father sort of, we speak down and said to him with him, it was more like, um, you know, you know, his version of the story, you know, your mother abandoned me, that sort of thing. We're not together because of this. And uh, the other end it was my mum. you know, your dad's mm-hmm. abandoned me as well. He's, he's not you know he's not been you know what he's supposed to be and uh, it was very confusing when you were young and you sort of don't understand why my dad my dad was sort of never hit me uh, so it was like nice but and I don't understand why my mom sort of we got thing from my mom, but we got obviously discipline as well <laughs> so it was so very confusing times.
0: Very. That's what I'm thinking. Just um, different messages. You don't quite know what to believe. You're going to have loyalty to both parents, and then at some point, you you said you are in this stage where they're both living on other sides of the house. Um, yeah. But you're all under the same roof. I mean, did that carry on throughout your childhood? That kind of arrangement, or your or your younger years?
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, as far as I can remember, um, you know, so, sort of from the age I don't know, perhaps six, seven, to all the way to. Uh, so my early teens, I think, uh, which um, sort of you know, we, you know you mentioned earlier about the educational role at a play, you know, um, I think um, he had a completely different play as in he didn't help at all.
0: <laughs> it didn't help at uh, all, so did it? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about that
1: i think it was more like um you know if, you, if you're coming from a, a dysfunctional home and you go to school when you and i don't know you, you go to a different place so you, you expect to get some i don't know some some support mm. and uh be, being in the village that we used to grow up with uh, that was uh in uh, portugal and um it was a little village and we were sort of like the i don't know you know we were like the uh, the on black family in the in the village you say really okay <laughs> yeah so um and um you know, so having sort of going to school and not getting that support really uh you know at school and uh, being uh, going for all sorts of things like you know you know racism back in the days and sort of um bullying well I say bully, i wasn't really you know bully verbally, i was never allow myself to be sort of uh, i was very um I used to retaliate a lot with my uh, fist, you say, instead of oh, right. with you, words. You stood up for yourself, okay? <laughs> yes.
0: Did you know? Did you have older siblings that were in the same school that would like defend you? Did you guys band together if there were so many of you or not?
1: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, they moved on quite. There was a big gap uh, between this sort of uh, uh, the older you know, ones, sort of the yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they're all sort of in between two years apart. To be honest, really? Okay. <laughs> So um, there weren't there were many um, things to do back in those days. I'm, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not they didn't have Netflix then. <laughs> um, so so you're you know things are quite uh, racist. You've got to defend yourself. You're, it sounds like you're not getting any support for the challenges that you're facing at home or for sort of what your dad's like. So you. Well, I mean what was the impact of that? Did you just learn how to fend for yourself or did you close in on yourself? What, how did that affect you? Um it affected me deeply because um in both ways, you know I learned to do obviously both
1: looking after myself because um and um, you know sort of even in in the neighborhood as well, you know, um, with other kids, uh, obviously especially boys um, and um but also, internally affect me because you know yeah there was no sort of nowhere to escape really uh, in terms of um, trying to get some peace or some some sort of uh, some love should we say that's the word you know a lot of that was missing and um, and although I didn't only realise after a sort of later in you know in, in life that uh, that was you know a lot of that was missing um, but it I because I grew up very you know sort of you know, resentful and very angry. Um, And I think you see a lot of that in boys these days and and even girls, really, uh, at schools. Uh, You don't really know what's going on underneath the skin, Uh, you know, what troubles, what sort of a situation or families they have at home. So it does affect um, uh, very – there's ever a a really deep effect on – on personalities as such I remember back in uh, when you know at school when I was back in England um, you know the effect that has that uh, your personality obviously becomes known you know obviously that's not you but that's how you portray yourself and that's how people see you at school and going to the point of sort of you know trying to just about to be expelled and being told that you're not even allowed to sort of go to sixth form in this school you know please <laughs> please <move> leave
0: <laughs> oh wow how old were you when you moved to the UK
1: uh I was about uh, 14 years old so um yeah so I missed a teenage years kind of thing
0: because that's a big transition at quite a formative stage of your life as well
1: yes yes it was
0: Sort of needing to adapt, but also maybe being able to reinvent yourself. But it sounds like for you, it just made you maybe angrier and and maybe I don't know, not quite knowing where your place was, trying to defend yourself in some way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just that feeling, that loss feeling sort of been uh, with me ever since. I mean, uh, when we first moved, I didn't realize. I, I thought we was going on holiday. <laughs> what? <laughs> And uh, I think my because I came in first, uh, my mum sort of uh, came after me uh, a year later. Uh, but I came in because my sister's been living here for uh, quite a long time, so I moved in with her for a while. And um, I didn't realise that I was just being, you know, sent away. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, so it was quite a hard time. But at the same time, was very well. Uh, another way there was very sort of uh, distressful is because uh, I was very close to my twin sister. Of course, and. Uh, yeah, and uh, that sort of had a massive effect on me I know as well. Uh, moving away from uh even so, though that sort of
0: So I just wanna get this straight. So you're fourteen and you, uh-huh. you you moved to the UK or you moved to the school on your on your own without your family? Did I get that
1: right? Uh, sort of, yeah. Well basically um, I moved to the UK with because my sister, my older sister, is already, been, you know, was living in UK. She has been living there for quite a long time. Right. So I moved in with her in the UK, and then my mum moved to the UK about a year later or so with my twin sister, which was um, the last, the last one that was left in the house, kind of thing.
0: Yeah. yeah. So you yeah. had you had a year sort of of that separation from your twin.
1: Yes. Yeah. And from my mom as well.
0: Yeah. And from your mom at 14, mm. when you sort of, yeah. no wonder you felt lost. I mean, what's, what's coming up for me is i I've, I've, I'm part of a step family, right? So we're all colors of the rainbow in my family, but, <laughs> but my, we actually are, um, but my, but my stepbrother who, you know, we yeah. were raised together since we were, since I was two years old, right? He's only three months older than me. So we were really raised like twins. So I feel like I always feel even now, and I'm 37, um, I feel it when he's not around, like the the way I miss him compared to the way I miss my other siblings is just like my heart breaks, like it's just very visceral and physical um, Mm -hmm. when he's not in my life, so I can imagine that even more like a twin, it's it's just something that's so close, you you almost can't explain the distress, I think, or maybe you can't sort of name it that at the time, but just that separation would would really, you know, make you feel that lost feeling.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah, and it did, yeah, and it took a lot of years, even when uh, she has moved back here, um, we, you know, I was living, obviously, with my mum in there as well, but um, it took a lot of years until now, you know, um, you know to sort of, um, you know, get in that connection back together and it, it was very difficult because at that age you know you're starting getting you know relationships and that sort of thing and it was it was very sort of complicated uh, sort of stage and um, you know and sometimes we sit back and have a chat and good chat I still have a good relationship with all my sisters uh, which is very good uh, and uh, I'm quite sort of blessed and sort of uh, happy to have that uh, and with all of that sort of uh, you know good talks with you know what's the like the female side and what's the like the the male side of things. And uh, it's always been good to um, have that understanding and sort of uh, encouragement from both ends. Uh, So, yeah. So, yeah, it's been very um, uh, interesting journey. (laughs) Interesting journey.
0: (laughs) I mean, what's your relationship (laughs) like with your brothers? Presumably you have some older brothers who could have sort of taken the place of what your dad didn't give you or might have been role models in some way.
1: Uh, yes, yeah, good relationship with my brothers. Um, I um, they they did their bit. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, when I look at, when I look back, uh, when my father wasn't sort of a being the main breadwinner, mm. um, when my older brother's starting to work and that sort of thing, um, they're the ones that sort of starting to uh, you know help Mum put food on the table. Really, mm-hmm. so looking back, that was my initial, you know role male father figure um that i had when i was growing up and uh, that's what basically what i what i did when i started my first job and that's what i did you know i, I still live with my mom and uh, you know first thing was like yeah i'm happy to you know help mom and you know provide uh, so that was you know,
0: part of the expectation of being a man was to
1: to work and to provide uh, yes, I think I think that's um, you know it's embedded in our system in a in a in a sense I suppose uh, <laughs> going back to the caveman days, but um, in a sense that I realised that mum you know struggled since day one, so that it wasn't even an, you know it wasn't even an expectation, it wasn't even a, a you know need to ask or anything. That was just my you know I wanted to be there for, her. I wanted to be able to provide and, and help as much as I could
0: so so where did this take you and and already I'm seeing the theme of, of sort of challenges and adversity that that you faced in your life I mean w- would you say that there was ever a time in your life that was maybe a rock bottom or an absolute crash point for you because I know you're you're impacting lives and you've somehow turned this around within the work that you do and your and your father yourself but what was the what, what was the bottom point for you
1: um, well, there there were a few. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tell me about it. Me too.
1: <laughs> well, let's, uh, I mean, going back to uh, my teen, teen, late teens, uh, where I obviously uh, been sort of going for these violent motions and, you know, testosterone and whatever else, uh, you know, growing up, um, you know, to the point of sort of being expelled and sort of, you know, having to the be confronting my mum and in looking back at me and say, you know, you're not going to be anyone like just like your father, kind of thing. Ooh. You know, that sort of uh, environment. That uh, I bet that'll
0: supportive. make you more angry in the mo- in the moment, though, because you don't know how else Ab- to be.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, uh, and it's. Um, I mean, it's like when I look at it, it's like, you know, how can I blame her? Because obviously she's going to, that's the thing she's going to say, isn't it? But, um, you know, but at the same time for me, it was like, you know, I need help.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's what really what you're calling Uh, out for through all the acting out.
1: That's it. Yeah. And um, so late teens, I think I guess I was about 19, 20 uh, when I first, you know, sort of really delve into really dark sort of time, should we say, when I sort of, you know, starting getting to get into student debts and that sort of thing without no direction or, you know, support from obviously only from Mum, but she wasn't, you know, she was too busy and too sort of getting on a bit, if you know what I mean. Mm, yeah, of course. <laughs> um so it wasn't the same to, you know, being a boy as well, opening up to my mother as opposed to um, you know, I could talk to my dad, I suppose, if he was around. Um, so so keeping everything in and sort of, uh, you know, uh, getting to that sort of stage of, you know, trying to make a life and, you know, trying to make myself someone, you know, going through college and university and stuff. And, um, you know, at that sort of age, uh, I, uh, yeah, I've contemplated suicide and you know, just end it all, just get away from all the pain, whatever I was feeling. Um
0: Did you have anyone that you could share that with? I mean, the suicide rate, as we know, is higher for men than for women. There's a lot of conditioning around not asking for help or letting people know uh, sort of how you feel. So I'm wondering in that darkest moment when you're like, you know, I could just end it all, uh, was there anyone that you could ask for help?
1: Um, There was. uh, I mean, I did um, – um I had uh, fortunately one of my older sisters uh, I uh, you know I was a, going through a process. I think I was actually getting married at the time, doing something crazy like that. <laughs> 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 and, um, and uh, I was um, I think it was my you know the day before the wedding and absolutely I broke down and I went out and got really sort of drunk. <laughs> and uh, I think it was about I don't know early hours in the morning. I called my sister up. You know, this is the first time ever I've opened up to someone. You know, in terms of talking about my feelings and whatever I'm going through. You know, this is the first time. It must be my mid. You know, sort of going on. It's still early twenties, I think. Um, and um, I've opened up to my sister. It must be about really hours, early hours in the morning. And um, that was the first time I sort of reached out for help. Um, in a very drunken state.
0: (laughs) Sure. (laughs) And desperate, desperate and drunk together.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Um, But but what he, what he meant for me was, it was, it was, it was a really big step. And that thing that's a lot of, you know, that's the message out there today. It it is that for a lot of males, it's just to uh, reach out really. Um, So, I uh, well, eventually I, did, I didn't end up getting married because I called the, called the wedding off. Did you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Probably a good idea. <laughs>
1: uh, apart from all the debt threats, all the everything was prepared for the next day. Oh, and, uh, the next deal, day! I, oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I had to deal with all that, but. Being my crazy family, we uh, end up, uh, well, what are we going to do with all this food and everything else? So we end up having a party anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, a non-wedding party. Uh, thank God you got out of it, party.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was uh, sort of the initial, you know, kind of breakthrough um, in a sort of mental state in a sense that, hang on, you know, that was that was nice to have somebody to talk talk to um you know about things and just let everything out and that sort of thing and um and um it's it's one sort of those things sometimes you you know we, we do we we do have these dark moments uh we do close ourselves in sometimes sometimes it's needed uh but it's just having that you know courage to um seek you know for for help uh, i mean and be able to well obviously the good another important thing is to you know look out for their good help <laughs> not everyone's willing to help you or even though you, you know you're crying out for help in front of their eyes they might just go you know oh, don't worry about it you'll get through it you know but um it's much more than that isn't it
0: completely <laughs> so so it is the first step is asking for help and and i guess knowing that you're you're not alone and it is about going to the right people because I imagine you, you you were sort of asking for help through you know being a bit violent or disruptive or you were trying to have a voice you know and people maybe punished you or shut you down or sent you away you know and that's not going to reinforce uh, any kind of message that it's okay to ask for help right or give you a voice uh, like to translate those emotions into words you know to help you do that
1: Absolutely, yeah. um, I think you can say it better. Um, I think um, all these challenges in terms of uh, you know going through this, um, you know, stereotypical as well. You know, not being the, you know, the, you know, trying to fulfil the role of you know, yeah, it looks like uh, you know I'm going to end up being you know, not getting a job, not finishing college, not finishing education, that sort of thing, and. Um, uh, you know, even you know, I remember once I when I got my first job and I was wearing a suit and I went past one of my teachers and um, and she was looked at me really shocked. And I was like, Hello, hello So I you know I said hello and <laughs> She was shocked I had a job.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So the expectations for you were pretty low.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. That was, you know, that was when I, you know, it's, that's one of the things that um, the education system fails on is to look on your best that you can be as opposed to look what your, what the statistics say that you're going to become, you know, Um, which I think it's uh, it's has a really big effect, you know, on on, on you know, children and teenagers growing up. Um, having that support, you know, not in the funnel that they sort of got this put you, you know put your numbers in but uh, look at individuals and say look well, you know yeah you can you know you can do this and you can be better and, and and regardless where your background is or if you're a single parent you know for example like these days if you're a single parent you're you're automatically going to a different category of you know students should we say yeah <laughs>
0: yeah yeah true
1: uh, and uh, i think it's wrong uh, i mean it, it's it's in a way it's, it's 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 all right it's good to categorize as, okay these students might need slightly extra help which is good but in that's the way not it's often like, the
0: way it's you know, done though
1: is it exactly yeah it's um it's it's yeah it's not in a in a very sort of a positive way should we say i think um and a lot of the times uh, you know people if you are a you know student as a single parent you know like I was and um, you go into school and you're you know you're facing um, you know obviously you know whatever you know normal things at school bullying you know that sort of thing but um, to also be you know having a really being looked down from teachers as well uh, because of your you know behavior issues a little bit I suppose um Yeah, it does. It does sort of uh steer you in a in a direction that you you know everyone knows is going to be you know jail.
0: Yeah, jail.
1: Jail violence drugs
0: all the rest of it. Yeah. Uh, well, cause, because because what yeah. it does it it affects your own self belief and your own self worth, and it's yeah. like well what's the point of even trying because I just walk in the door and everyone thinks I'm going to fail.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, that's it. And. Um, even, even you know the, the stereotypical sort of you know we're talking about mentioned you know wearing a suit, you know even to these days you sort of obviously you know society is is much more like you know obviously it's normal to you know judge people by the way they look kind of thing but you know if you if I'm wearing smart clothes and I walk into a shop you know they'll look twice at me and but if I'm wearing my you know I don't know shorts and t-shirt or something and I look a bit you know <laughs> scruffy scruffy <laughs> Scruffy. <laughs> Nelson <napkin. cameras. laughs> all eyes on you <laughs> that's it yeah no all eyes on me <laughs> you feel the difference and sometimes you want to just say something like I don't think you know this is normal you know this is you know this is this is you know I'll, I'll do it too so I'm guilty of that as well I don't, I'm not gonna you know say that I'm not part of it cause, sure, uh, sure. how do know.
0: we judge people right without yeah. knowing What's really yeah. going on? So, um, move, move us forward because I'm, I know that you're, you're a father and you do so many things uh, with, with projects that you're on now. I mean, how the hell did you turn from, from this kid who has no self belief, who has no self worth, is, is suicidal, you know, to, into the man and the father that you are today?
1: um
0: yeah (laughs) how the hell like i'm just it's incredible
1: (laughs) (laughs) thank you well um i think it it's um it's yeah it's um it's been very um uh, i'm trying to find words to describe it really but yeah i think uh, sometimes i look back and think yeah yeah okay well well done (laughs) well done (laughs) But, um, but what
0: what drove you to change like that's what i'm
1: curious about I think what it was, it was, um, it was when my dad passed away back in 2006. Um, and, um, they all started then because when he died, I didn't have a chance to sort of, uh, you know, being an older person, sort of be able to have a nice conversation and, and ask him stuff, you know, you know, what, what is, you know, what happened, <laughs> yeah, you know, um, and um, I didn't, I didn't get that chance, so I didn't really sort of forgive my dad when he passed away. So I think it really started from that point. You know, it took a lot of years to forgive him, um, and I was very emotional. Even you know, a few years ago, you know, you know, even now, I'm, I get emotional sometimes when I'm talking to my to my stepson, perhaps, or, or even to my daughters. You know, um, you know, like sometimes I'm doing things that my dad never did with me, and I'm trying to be this obviously this role model. That's didn't have the wrong model and um yeah sometimes I get emotional which is um which I'm comfortable with now you know what's uh, what's the
0: emotion when it comes up like what is it saying to you is it feelings of loss or, or
1: regret what, what is it no uh, it used to be feelings it used to be that regret loss and sort of a little bit of anger as well you know but now it's more passed on to sort of um kind of You know, overwhelmed and joyful in a sense of saying, yeah, okay, I didn't have that, but I I get it now. I get it, you know, and I'm happy to be in this Mm -hmm. position, yeah.
0: And you broke the
1: Mm -hmm. cycle, which
0: is an incredible feeling.
1: Absolutely. That was my... This this is my, that was my sort of pedomy, other things, if you know, to break that cycle, um, make sure my kids don't grow up without without their father figure. Um, also, you know, I have a stepson, which is, it makes things much more, um, you know, diverse, if you call it, uh, complex in a sense. That, um, again, is, uh, is, you know, it's, it's coming from a different angle as well, you know, um, uh, which, um, I, you know, again, you're trying to. Uh, be the, the male role model um, as well, the father figure.
0: But not knowing um, what that is or, or should be, <laughs> just kind of going, hey, I think it's the opposite of what my dad was doing, but what does that look like? How do I do it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the things that yeah, it sort of drive me to you know do things like, you know, uh, stop drinking alcohol and stop smoking. That's one of the things my dad used to do. And that's one of the things I, I went the opposite. And um, I think that's a starting point, really. I mean, when we look at our parents. You know, well, none of us are perfect, but um, we can take the stance of like, oh, do we look at that and take as a good example, or do we look at it as take as a bad example and not do it? You know, or do we follow the steps? <laughs> you know.
0: And it's easier said than done because patterns are so innate and unconscious sometimes that kids are the relationships and kids are the classic trigger points for anything that used to go on, you know. Um, so it can be really hard to, I mean, it sounds like you educated yourself as well to understand some of yeah, your, your own emotions and triggers in order yeah. for you to break that cycle
1: absolutely this is why i become as you know a psychotherapist really because that was the initial start i you know, i wanted to help someone i wanted to help people i wanted to help teenagers going through this the, the stuff i went through you know um, um i wanted to help Obviously, being a father now then i want to be there for fathers as well because they struggle to being fathers um you know not having a place to go and talk and, and, and open up um and um just to get that understanding, that was my sort of way to do it, you know, you find my understanding of, uh, of you know, why and how did I got to this point and, and seek to understand my father's path as well. And uh, once that was out of the way, that was the first step. Uh, then the second step was to, uh, you know, forgive him and forgive me for myself as well for, you know, carrying this, you know, behaving in certain ways that, um, you know, that my perhaps mimicking what my dad used to do, you know, like, and we always, you know, um, I have a, I run a support group, uh, which is called men, let's not hide in a pub. <laughs> I love that and, so um,
0: much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I just mentioned it because, uh, that was, uh, the thing that, um, you know, we men do, or, you know, all of us do at some point that, uh, we, you know, we go, and have a drink and drown out sorrows, not pains, and, uh, you know, over a drink and um, that's, you know, that's not a way to go about it kind of thing. It's not easy. I've been there. Trust me.
0: Well, so have I. So, so I know you're. T- we're talking about men here, but I'm a recovering <laughs> alcoholic. I'm nine years sober, and the first years of my kids' life, I am, you know, deeply ashamed of. Um, tr- I was trying to avoid all the triggers that were, you know, uh, coming out of my own. Uh, I was raising a cult, and you know, from my own parents and and the conditioning that we had, and all I could do was avoid and try and hide whether in the pub or out of the pub, um, in absolute shame at what I had become, not knowing how to move my life forward. So, so I'm listening to this, just like my face is making all sorts of faces just cause I'm like, yes, I get it. Um, <laughs> um and, and I think, um, we, w- women as well, uh, you know, we try and avoid the pain in order to, cause it's hard to face up to it, face up yes. to actually looking in the mirror of who we are, who we've become and actually the impact that we're having on our children. So, so tell us more about this support group, like who comes to it and how have you gotten it off the ground?
1: Um, well, basically, um, well, first of all, I just want to, cause you, you know, recovering alcoholics. I wanted to congratulate you on that. Cause oh, I think that's you. very, very courageous and it's so much of identity, uh, on the female side. It's, it's how you, are you relating with your partner and that sort of thing, you know, relationship with your dad's that affects so much the relationship with right. your partners. Absolutely. And, um, and what yeah,
0: we and assume, what we allow the men in our life to be like and to do. And we allow them to be um either emotionally or physically absent because that's what we've seen in our in our own fathers, you know that mm-hmm. there's something that enables the cycle rather than um, supporting our men to kind of stand up and make the transition to being fathers in the same way that we have to make into being mothers like I feel like we because there's so much expectation for women to play a p- particular role we sort of allow and enable and go oh hey um, you know my husband is is at the pub or does that and that's just normal in our family you know mm. yeah there's something on both sides,
1: definitely. You're so right on that, um, and um, and that's that's where the line should be drawn. You know, say that's that's not normal, don't you know? Let's let's try to do something different. And um, this is our where you know couples work. You know, starts to work It's misunderstanding, You know, you know a male point of view and, and the female point of view and the both roles that they have to play. You know, especially when you've got kids involved. Um, and uh, not to you know work as a couple. You know that's uh, you know if you get together as a couple, um, you should try work things out as a couple. Uh, although there is personal things that so you need your personal space and your personal problems, but uh, it's so easier to work as a couple uh, because especially when you've got kids involved as well, because um, it, it, you know it makes things so much easier for both. Um, and uh, you know when I say this, I. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, obviously looking at my current relationship as well with my wife, uh, uh, an understanding the relationship she had with her father enables me to understand her better, uh, as well. Uh, and now how do I, my actions or behaviors will affect the way she reacts. Mm.
0: Um, so wow. it's very,
1: yeah. That's <laughs>
0: taking real ownership of your yeah. part and your role within the whole family setup in the relationship.
1: Absolutely. No pressure.
0: (laughs) I know, I know, I know. Hey, (laughs) hey, but if I was talking to her, it would be like, what responsibility does she have, right?
1: (laughs) It goes both ways. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah.
0: So, so you're now, um, I mean, I'm, I'm just so inspired by this story because it's very close to my heart as far as how the, how the adversity very specifically can inspire you to actually change things and make a difference, not only for yourself, but for your family. And then beyond that, I mean, you, you've got the support group and organization and I imagine clients and, and things that you're doing. Um, tell me more just about the, the impact that you're
1: having in the world um Well, hopefully, a good one. <laughs> no, it sounds you know, like so it. <laughs> um, I think um, it's um, it's very it's very uh, it's it's you know very uh, you know beautiful to be involved and in, to be in the position that I'm now in a position to you know help others uh, and myself and obviously my family as well. My you know my son growing up, my daughter's growing up, and uh, even. Even other females uh, that I come in in you know, in contact with, in regards to my um, uh, father's nation, uh, it has an effect on all of us. So it's so nice to have that uh, female support as well, uh, because I get so so much support from from um, the female side as well as the male side.
0: And I guess, like as a man, you you have a very you know. You're going to have a more powerful message to other men and fathers than than I am as a woman, for example. So there's a very clear sort of role and impact that you've been called to play.
1: Yes, I guess so. Um, I think one of the um, one of the things that um, you know when we men struggle with not struggle, should we say we're not you know, um, but we we face in one of the challenges you know, especially in these days. Where the cultural scene has changed so much, you know, our roles have changed so much, um, is our sort of a realisation that times have changed and our, our role as a, as a male model or as a, a our masculinity um, needs to adapt to the new time, shall we say. <laughs> uh,
0: How does it need to adapt?
1: Um, it needs to adapt because it well, you know, it needs because you know, obviously that you see the, the the deeper impact that we commit more suicide than than you know, obviously females as well, which is not good on both ends, but um, it's it's a serious problem. Um but it needs to adapt in the sense that we need to embrace um, embrace uh, what's what's a lot of things, uh, especially the basic things that we grow up to be as a man. You know, don't cry, don't show emotions, don't be a sissy, don't that sort of thing. You know, keep it yourself. Um, so that needs to change a lot. You know, coming from school, educational systems that that does need to change, and it still goes on. Um, surprisingly enough, definitely. I was, reading, I was reading something the other day. Um, on an institution and I'm wondering what it is, but I'm just so shocked to say that, "Wow, you're treating males like that, and um you know it's not it's not like a it's not like a laughing matter or anything like that. I think it needs to be addressed and recognized that you know, a a problem and has an effect on both males and females, the state to them in mental health
0: mm, yeah. I mean, what's, what's one or two things that you really try and do with your own uh, stepson um, to sort of break that cycle and be that role model that, that adapts to society today, what society needs today?
1: Um, good question. <laughs> um, I think um, sometimes I, in the past I've tried too hard to be that, you know, Trying to be that perfect dad, that sort of thing. Um, but now I kind of got into a stage. I'm kind of like, you know, I'm not perfect. Uh, you know, I'm I will I will apologise. That's one of the things that you know dads need to learn what to do, Ooh. to do a little bit. Yeah. What to do is, you know, you know what I mean. Um, I do, I do. So, it's so admitting
0: when you've when you've got something wrong that that's okay. Yeah, you don't have yeah. to be all yeah. like perfect macho. I, I'm right all the time. Mm.
1: Exactly, yeah. It's not going to make us feel as any weaker, um, and um, you know, learn to apologise and sort of uh, you know, um, trying to work things out as opposed to you know, tell our things are supposed to be. Uh, obviously, there's some basic things you need to, um, you know, trying to encourage them to be and to you know to you know to act like. But um, obviously, we got um, my wife and obviously their sisters in the house, so it's to having that having that balance and harmony. Uh, which is all as easy sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course, of course.
0: <laughs> I, I feel like parenting is the hardest job out there because it's so relentless and and so consistent, and and you've got to show up in this better version of yourself all the time, which is which is kind of impossible.
1: Absolutely, yeah,
0: yeah. And, of course, I'm highlighting the impact on, on your stepson, um, but it's, you know, we've got to say that the role of fathers in their daughters' lives and what they then expect from, from men and relationships and partners in the future, I mean, it's so profound, so profound.
1: Yeah, yeah. You set a circle again, isn't it? It's, um, you know, it affects both men and female and for whatever direction you look at it. And sometimes when we were in the relationships and we don't understand why the partners act in a certain way or why the, you know, sometimes, you know, even you look at it, you know, sort of a, you know, single, sort of single mothers, you know, you know, I'm just taking an example, you know, perhaps I shouldn't say, but one of my sisters, yeah. So, you know, looking at sort of relate past relationships, you, you know, affect, she attracting a certain type of individuals or Completely. a certain type of partners, yep. and 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 looking a bit deeper, and uh, you know, you to understand why that's happening. You know, and um, and looking looking at the relationship she had with, with you know with our father, and 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 what this emotional underlying things that uh, she'll. Attracted to these individuals, uh, which is, uh, but now very nice. She's uh, moved on from that, so it's very unhappy. <laughs> <She's laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. On and <laughs> found well, that it wasn't you know. What a process of
0: learning. Um, what yeah. do you, What do you do now? Sort of what habits or routines do you try and put in your life in order to allow you to be the best version of yourself as often as possible and look after your own mental health.
1: Um, I try, um, mental health is so connected with your um, uh, physical health, so um, I do try and, and uh, keep fit uh, as much as I can, Yeah. even though I'm not your perfect role model.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's not about perfect, right?
1: <laughs> I know, yeah.
0: <laughs> so you try and so, incorporate some like physical exercise into your routines?
1: Yeah, so first thing in the morning, I'll do my best to go for a run, um, and then just yeah. get the get the stress out or just wake up as well which is really good yeah um and um you know try and stay mentally you know uh, sane as possible should we say Mm because it's very you know when you have kids at home screaming shouting oh yes Uh, (laughs) yeah and um Plus, my position has changed from being away so much in a full-time job. Now, I've been, you know, obviously running my own company and sort of being more at home, in a sense. So uh, that's having an that impact on me as well, to sort of stand out to be, uh, you know, sort of a, uh, um, you know, half staying in that, should we say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're able to be more present, I guess. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So um, and, and just try, you know, obviously, you know, Eat as best as you can and and strive uh, and a, a, a nice relationship with uh, everyone in the family. I think that's important.
0: But it sounds like the, the
1: work that you do brings you a lot of fulfillment as well. Absolutely, yeah. Just, um, just have that sense of like, you know, um, you because know, I think when I look back, uh, you know, when I, you know, kind of one of the things uh, project dedicated to is my father really and for all the fathers and mothers out there that didn't have their sort of love and identity passed on from their father's. Um, I think it uh, also goes back into that, and just to have that say, look, you know, you know, Dad, I forgive you. Um, and this is, you know, this is, I understand your your situation back then and um, why you did what you did. But uh, at the same time, you know, we all have a choice, don't we? Um, easier said than done. But um, yeah, it's just to sort of have that nice feeling that, you know, I'm doing something that, um, you know, Took the place there um it was very hard to get out of and i'm still sort of working on it really um so um and to be able to help some you know people that are going through the same struggles um and to make a difference really in the society um and try and make the world a better place i <laughs> love it um, <laughs> that's I'm, yeah
0: that's the end that's the end goal um <laughs> Oh, my God, Nelson, I, I feel like, I, first of all, I need to get to know you better, and we need to hang out, because I think you're an outstanding human being. Um, Thank you. your, your story is, is just so close to my heart, even though, even though our stories are different, but there are some, some themes mm. just around role models, identity, you know, who are you when nobody's looking, Um, Who are you if you haven't been given any kind of blueprint for what this being an adult business is about? You know, much, much Mm. less parenting and and relationships. It's so challenging. Um, If people want to connect with you in some way uh, uh, and find you or find out more about Fathers Nation or some of the work that you do, where can they find you?
1: Uh, Well, you can check the website, fathersnation.com, or you can email me at nelson at fathersnation.com nation.com um or yeah or just um, yeah facebook again father's nation, <laughs> or, or father's nation
0: everywhere <laughs> <laughs>
1: everywhere and um yeah just get in touch i mean i'll have a look at, you know I'm, i still a working process obviously the website and uh, you know still a lot to go on uh, it's still early days, should we say um but um it's, it's you know it'll be really good to hear from people um and um you know and I do I do a lot regularly there's a lot of connections around B- I make uh, with a project uh, that affects you know so much walks of life it's unbelievable um so I'm really sort of happy that uh, it's turned out the way it's going and it's um, amazing what um, what support uh, people out there uh, will you know be happy to sort of give you and and uh, connect and collaborate with you which is um, amazing and uh, yeah so uh, we are alone but we're not alone (laughs) I love
0: that we are alone but we're not alone Um, thank you so much for your time I'm sure people will gravitate towards uh, the website if they want to help in some way or expand you know the the message that you're you're putting out there Um, but for now Nelson thank you so much for your time I appreciate it so much thank you
1: Thank you, Petra. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If something helped you today, please do share this episode with a friend and let them know that they are not alone. I know that for me, isolation kept me stuck much longer than I needed to be. So let's practice courage and talk to someone about what's going on as that's the first step to making life amazing. Check out my website, PetraVellsBoard.com for your free Kickstarter plan, which will teach you to turn your biggest weaknesses into your greatest strengths. Join the community of people who are changing the way they view life's challenges and living life to the full. Until next time, goodbye.